0: And I believe we're going to have some piping Hot merch there. Yeah. We're going to have new, the first ever Levelhead t-shirts mm-hmm. will be there. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to get, if you want to don some, don your bod with some soft, don your bod with some soft, <laughs> hot, scotch, tonight. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 222 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game day of comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and that was a lot of twos. I'm Sam and I'm the artist. Yeah, and this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is Seth and Brian, 2019. Mm. Before we get started, we have a warning, swears. We got them. You need some? We got them. All we got over. discounts. <laughs> They're in the clearance rack. Wholesale. There's a bargain bin. It's full of swears. Yeah. So if you don't like swears, then you can uh, scoot. You can scoot. <laughs> Uh, we'd also like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.beescotch.net. We got a message from Specchio who said, I thought I would take a short break from my never-ending stream of feature requests to tell all of you that you're doing an amazing job. <laughs> Specchio is not wrong about my never-ending Thanks for making such a great game, <laughs> he says. So thank you for that. Well, it's we, always and it's always. This is nice too because it's it's a good
1: reminder that when somebody like Specchio, for example, is giving us that endless stream of feedback, to every once in a while, I'll just be like, "Also, I do like the thing as a whole."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so right. of course, because the feedback, so, so we do appreciate yeah, that. Because the feedback is always it's always about deficiencies. Because yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. know people want the thing to get better, which means they can only point to the things that are. Yeah. Not as good as they so would thanks, like.
1: Thanks for balancing the scales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a nice – it's a karmic thing. Uh, uh, and we for, also, yeah,
1: for those of you making stuff out there, getting feedback, it's an important thing to remember too is that – Just give us money also. Sure, there's yeah. that. But you're going to <laughs> be getting endless feedback about stuff and it doesn't necessarily mean your thing is bad. Correct. Oh, yeah.
0: It just I means, mean it can mean that. It just means but, everyone has opinions. It means people yeah. care. I don't know if it
2: necessarily means that, but I I
0: think it does. I mean, if, if somebody is playing, if somebody takes the time to type out a message and send it your way about something that they would like to see, it's, it's because they care about it, you know, Mm -hmm. if somebody, or because
1: they wanted to care about it. So like, if you look at a steam review where someone's like, I hate this because all the robots are gray, for example, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They wanted to care about (laughs) the game, but all the
0: robots being gray, they can't get over that. Well, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. well, I guess two
1: two of them. Two of
0: the robots are gray. Not my cup of tea. I need I need at least one robot to be blue. (laughs) The other one to be orange. Yep, Uh, just like a movie poster. We also got a a message from, or not a message, but just a tip from somebody anonymously. Just just dunked it in there. So that's we appreciate that as well. And also thank you to our recurring supporters who uh, just keep uh, just keep doing it. So thank you very much. Let's get on to some news about life. So for starters. It's 2019. What does that mean? What it does means, it mean? It means everything you care about is dead and every, and the whole world is falling apart. Yeah. Yep. In this case, my mailbox fell off over <laughs> the weekend. Just <laughs> fell it's off. It's a more minor version of all the other things that are happening, yeah. but still bad. It seems so, it's
1: just in the air. My know? ankle
0: pain, my random ankle pain was slowly alleviating and I was like, hey, this weekend is really shaping up, you know? And I look outside, my mailbox just laying on the floor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> At least it didn't fall onto your ankle. You know? No, yeah. Because that would have been
0: kind
2: of like... That's
1: coming next, I'm
2: sure. Yeah. Well, so my 2019 moment also involved things falling, which was just – I came home from work on Friday and my wife was like, what is that huge branch doing? I was like, "I it seems like it should be attached to a tree, but for some reason it's on the fucking ground, just uh-huh. like your mailbox. And uh-huh. yeah, our tree just started like literally dropping huge branches off it. I've
1: got something for both trees and
2: falling. Well, I looked at it and and, uh, and then my wife and I started discussing. We were like, wait, have you seen leaves on this tree? This year. Just recently, year recently recently it's it was also like, hilarious that you did
1: that neither of you noticed that there were no leaves on it's because we got these two for the huge, entire
2: year there's <laughs> these two huge sycamores <laughs> that have tons of leaves and then this one's kind of like scrawnier by our house and so for some reason
1: it just like so the, even it was just also it a feels sycamore? like it has leaves even when it doesn't because the sycamores are so big no ah. it's, a, it's a river birch so it's sort of ironic that the sycamores doing just fine I'm not sick at all no nope,
2: but this other guy no
1: they are
2: but the the river birch uh is dead it is so dead. I had a forest guy come out and look at it, and he's like, mm. "I mean, you got to, you got to have a forest." Guy. Yeah, yeah.
1: Forest guy. He came out, he's like, mm, "Yep,
2: he's like yep, a, he's like, yep, that's a that is a dead tree." He's like, "Who knows why? We won't be able to tell until we cut it down." Yeah, there's, there's like autopsy. a billion different reasons. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. it. so yeah, now I got to pay for someone to come cut this thing out before it falls in my house. Uh-huh. Great, cool. Twenty nineteen. Welcome to twenty nineteen. they got to pull those <laughs> giant
1: roots <laughs> out of the ground too. So yeah, they got to grind hole. the stump out. Yeah, Where What are you going to put in that hole? A new tree. I just gonna put
0: swaps. Wait the till twenty twenty though.
1: though. Wait till no, twenty twenty. Fall. Fall, fall, fall is it. a Fall's good time, time to plant. plant.
0: Yeah. Not so. fall twenty nineteen. You know what happened? You know what happened? We have these uh with these shrubs <laughs> with these shrubs in front of our house. You know, you gotta you gotta trim back shrubs every now and then because they get random like Yes. strands of they're trying to grow. They're trying to grow and you gotta like, like, get, like, get it back get, in get it. back in line, yeah. right? So we did the old, you know, trimmed the off those trim rooms. Whole shrub died. Really? Yeah, <laughs> last week. Just died. it was like no. It's like you know what? I don't I don't want to be of this part it's of It's like when city you boy. try to
2: put a great white shark into a tank, you know, they're just like it's too confining in here. I can't live like this and they just yeah. quit. Exactly. They literally just The grit, shrub, just give up the, the grass. shrub
0: just didn't want to live that
1: life like, anymore.
2: No, I'm here to grow. Uh, free. Yeah. yeah
1: I'm kind of. I don't know. I just treat our, our yard is very chaotic because my wife and I both like it that way. So we like to plant lots of stuff, and we're and we're slowly having less and, and just less. Let lawn. Yeah, just royale. Let them fight. It's a battle royale to the dead. So I, I go out there and I, and I like I keep all the vines off of them, you know, and I, and I trim them up so they're not. Out of control, but I don't shape them. I'm just like you. Be whatever mm. fucking shape you want. But be. you also have yeah. a side yard, not a front yard. That's a very body positive yeah,
0: way right? to have your shrubs. But it
2: doesn't look. It doesn't look <laughs> bad. It's just chaotic. You know? yeah, yeah, I'm not saying it looks bad. I'm saying that when it's when it's in front of your house uh-huh. and the people are always looking at it, there's yeah. a, there's a little more
1: pressure to like try well, it's to also make it look good. Well, no, it's not even that. It's that there's a specific kind of good it has to look. Yes, right. Because like a rectangle. It has to look like a rectangle, mostly grass, a shorn rectangle. Which when I every time I look at that, I'm like. Why would you live like this? Yep. You know, um, they fucking things, love rectangles. They fucking love <laughs> just green, flat rectangles. Um, mm. So, there, there is truth to that. So, definitely. what was your
2: 2019 situation? Well, so,
1: speaking of both falling and trees, mm. uh, we now have it's now pawpaw season. Mm-hmm. So, we we'll probably talked about this last year, I imagine, but pawpaws, for those of you like myself who, who didn't know or don't know about this, um, we moved to Missouri, we got, we got our house in the backyard is this like big awesome tree with these crazy huge leaves. And we just thought, Oh, this is a cool tree that we have in our yard. And then that summer, all of a sudden we started smelling rotten fruit, like end of the summer, just like smelling rotten fruit. like the fuck is happening. And we're just kind of like walking. I was just taking care of the lawn, you know, going back into the trees and stuff. And then there's just fruit all over the ground, just tons of it. Fruits I've never seen in my life. It turns out this is pawpaws, Mm -hmm. which are native to Missouri and maybe like a little bit else of the Midwest or sort of upper South United States. Um, and uh, and it's this fruit that is so shelf unstable that you eat. can't buy it. You, you gotta just, have a tree. You just gotta have a tree, or you gotta be near trees. <laughs> you gotta
0: eat it while it's on the tree. Yeah, because the most <laughs> like it, it is it is crazy
1: how it's, how shelf unstable these things are. And and their seeds are toxic as fuck. Right? Oh, so I didn't know. That means you can't also just put these on the shelf because then somebody's gonna go eat those seeds and then now you go to jail or whatever. So so they rot immediately. They also, rot immediately. They kill and they're you. full of poison. So, sounds nice. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so we've been dealing with this now for the few years we've lived here is that because now every, every summer these things just like, cause they all fall within basically like a two to three week span. And because we're like, because of where we are, we're in exactly the zone that these things love the most. Like, exactly. So, this the zone. tree is just producing. So this tree is just laden. It's just laden <laughs> with fruit. And, and they basically, so like they're, there's like these little kind of firm green things that then just like over about a week, they just become soft and like, and then basically goo, but they also just start falling. Uh, and so this started basically last week now. Um, and we're in the uh, middle of the pawpaw harvest. We're in the middle of pawpaw season now. And, uh, <laughs> but we were, so Sam and I were at PAX. And so like, I started basically right before we went to PAX, I started smelling fruit. And I was like, fuck. We so <laughs> now you're about to leave for a yeah, week. Yeah. So we we're gone for a week. Yeah. And then we came back and I didn't want to deal with it. And so, cause I was mm. so tired. It was, you know, it was a weekend. So then I just kind of didn't. So then another week goes by and, um, and, and that first one, it wasn't too bad anyway because, like, not that much had fallen off yet because it was the start. But this last week was a lot. Just a pungent just a lot. fruit so, smell. So finally, I was like, fine. And I, I bought – last <laughs> year, I bought, I bought gloves, nitrile gloves, just for this purpose because they're so gross and rotten by the time they fall and hit the ground. And then, of course, animals come and eat them and stuff mm-hmm. that picking them up by hand is just – Just terrible. It's just real gross because it's basically like picking up yogurt. Like that's, a, that's a <laughs> like so, a sack of yogurt. No, just, just, just yogurt. It's just 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 like just a yogurt. Loose yogurt. <laughs> <That's>, it's just, <laughs> it's just horrible. It's, you just duck in your here's the best about this. Yogurt. So
2: I went down to, so for those of you who are coming to the shenanigans, coming up in a couple weeks here, uh, there's this great market in St. Louis called Soulard farmer's market. It's a big open air market. Um, yeah. Outside town. yeah it's so great. fun to go to. And also the produce is ridiculously cheap. It's just tons of farmers hawking their wares, and the best part was my wife and I went down there. We were picking out some, I don't know, avocados for like 10 or 30 cents an avocado. From and I was the like, Missouri this,
1: avocado trees. Apparently,
2: I was like, this is basically robbery, but fine. So we look over. There's a basket of pawpaws selling for $10 a pound. Which is
1: wild. Which Especially I guess makes sense because – Because
0: you can't get them you anywhere You can get them. They got picked three minutes before you saw <laughs> yeah. them. They would have had to have been. <laughs> so you go pick these things
1: up and you know how bananas have that, have that same kind of range, you know, where it's like you get a green banana inedible. It's yep. like yep. slowly turns yellow and then all of a sudden it just is yellow and now you have three days. And if yep. you don't eat it, it's brown. It's a black, brown. The banana's like, number. I'm
0: not long for this world. Yeah. <laughs> and every day,
1: and every day along that trajectory, like once it starts getting ripe, it tastes completely different. And yep. the texture yeah. is different, right? So pawpaws are like that, but now compress that scale even more by like, it's like two X. Like one day. You have
2: one it's day. Like, it's like, yeah, it's one or two days. If you eat basically. it in the morning, it tastes completely
0: different than it. That's ever. actually true. It's crazy. <laughs> they they just change so fast. For some reason it kind of makes me think of you know how in Mario Kart like the the light is changing? Yes. it's like, it's like okay, it's red, it's like don't do anything, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It turns yellow Still and then don't do right anything. don't do anything yet. But get right get anxious though. But right before it turns green, you yeah, got to hit, hit accelerate cuz if you hit it too late, then you, you spin out and you're screwed. Yeah. That's what that is. Yep. It's all about color and timing. Mm-hmm. It's all about those things. Yeah. yeah, so we so I I
1: literally threw away so I started filling up a, like a big paper bag that I got because I, when I had bought some shoes, you know, like a big heavy paper bag that mm-hmm. like you get when you buy clothes or whatever, right? So I started filling one of those up. I filled it up like three quarters of the way full, and I was like, "This is probably too much." So I'm gonna get you know, like go through this one way. So I tried to pick it up, and the handle just ripped right off because it was so heavy. And I was like, "Okay, fine." So I picked. So I just picked it up, you know, just like kind of grabbing the sides, and the bottom just fell out. <laughs> And then I had this like giant disgusting pile of pawpaws. Oh, <laughs> so, I went, uh, you had,
0: so you had picked all of them up, and uh, then you had to pick put them, them in a up bag, again. and then, yep. you, then you're just back on the ground. So, right. <laughs> so I went So I and I got <laughs> twenty nineteen. At least they
1: were all in the same spot this time, you know. But yeah. now because they've been on top of each other, yeah, now you get a mush. Pile. Now it's just a giant pile of yogurt, right? So <laughs> I go to the house and I get I get a bunch of trash bags and bring them back you out. You got to get
0: your yogurt scoop. Your yogurt, yeah. Your
1: yeah actually, I should have used a shovel. Um, but then I, so I had three trash bags that I, I had to split between them to keep. Because it was so much weight that, like, just your normal heavy—it was a heavy-duty trash bag. But like, you, man, you have like thousands of dollars crazy. Just rotting on your. It was so it was so heavy that it actually, I actually struggled to carry. Like I was carrying the you know one bag with each hand to throw them away, and each one was it was easily thirty to to forty you know, pounds. I wonder if you collect them on like Saturday. To set morning. up a stand.
2: Don't even set up a stand. Just go to the farmers market and sell them. But sell them to, to the, the farmer guy <laughs> at like at a steep discount. That's just be like, take these damn. Well, thing it's like,
1: <laughs> is, and that's the. Think it's to me the wild part of the whole of all of it is that you have to throw so much it away because yeah. by the time you get to it, like if you just go over, like because so last yeah. summer in particular, I was like I was being really diligent about it, and so every day I would go out and collect mm-hmm. whatever I could, you know, and you know, a twenty four hour period was sufficient to have roughly half of the fruit be like rotten and fucked up. So I still had to throw away at least half of it, and right. what was left, of course, there was a good chance it would something had eaten some of it. So by the time I actually got it, even though I was checking it it's daily, like 10%. it was like ten percent return. It was just wild. What a tree! Yeah, what but a- we are going to try to make some liqueur with it this year. So Ooh. we we mix some of that, got some vodka, just kind of threw it in there, mm-hmm. and we'll just see how that turns. You could out. also make some yogurt because you don't even have to do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. You just <laughs> dip a the, spoon texture, that. <laughs> the texture. The texture that stuff like it's. Yeah, it, it is weird it, it, again. Like bananas, but only way way worse. It's it had, a custard. It starts out basically like chalk. Yeah, is how it starts when it's not ripe yet, and the taste is still kind of okay, but it's not great. And then there's this phase. There's this, there's this moment. I think it must last like an hour where it's <laughs> fucking delicious. It's like it's like not quite yogurt consistency. It's, it's more like a custard. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's like a, it's. And it's really like, super sweet, really delicious. And you wait one more hour and it's just like a – and then it's just gross. It's just garbage now.
2: What is happening weird. inside
1: that pop I don't know. It's like a caterpillar but the one that
0: just dissolves. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> it's like a butterfly. Yeah. It becomes yogurt. Yeah, that's, that's just is, it. it. It is wild. That's crazy. Right, well, I want to talk about so – I, I want to do a little mental gymnastics with you guys. Okay. Mm, We're just going to go on a philosophical a journey. journey. Right. Does this fall under life? Business or video games. This is life. Well, okay. a little bit of video games, a little okay. bit of life. Uh, so I started counting calories a few days ago. Mm. Just uh, I want to drop a couple of a couple of pounds of a couple of lbs, a couple of lbs of fat off mm. of my bod. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not in terrible shape, but I feel like I could do better. So you know, that's that. And you don't need to defend your life. Choices. It kind of got it kind of got interesting because I was thinking about. Like, really, this is all about your your relationship with how you view food. Yes. Okay. Because I have a dog and I went to the vet and the vet was like, oh, yeah, well, like, she's in great shape. If she ever starts, like, as she's getting older, if she ever starts to put on more weight, feed her less. I was like, I mean, yeah, that's makes sense. Very yeah. simple. Mm-hmm. Like, there's literally nothing more to it than this, right? <laughs> yep. Um, and, of course, as people – we, we want variety and, and all these like we, – we want to have all these emotional experiences with I mean, I'm food. I'm sure your right?
2: dog probably wants variety too. <laughs> no, she just wants gravy beef. Like, yeah. Every day, all day, all the time. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but – but that's really just what it comes down to. It's just like making this. It's just making a simple, like quantitative measurement, and being yeah. like, "Oh, and I have, I have yeah, two much." Behave the same way. Size so yeah. get older, eat less. And of course, the hard part about it is you are the one making the decision of what you yeah. eat. Yeah. And so there's so more.
1: There's discipline involved. Yeah, huh? there's,
0: and there's more to it than there's more to it than what you need because it's also about what you want, mm-hmm. right? You don't need ice cream. You don't need donuts. You don't need all this stuff. But They're you good. really want it. Yeah. You know. Um. And so I don't know. It's, just, it's been an interesting journey, kind of thinking about just, even though it's all, I've only been doing it for a few days, it's kind of like made me have to reframe uh, how I'm thinking about like snacks and all these things, and and how it's really about how, like having as much as you need, and then just being like, okay, well I'm just done now, you know, and then right. trying to trying to like tailor what you can fit in there uh, to make it also be what you want, so you're still eating the things you want to eat, but the right amount. Yeah. You know? And actually,
1: and, and the funny, I think the the most frustrating part of this is that. It's 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 really easy. It's stupidly easy. Um, but it's also so easy to stop doing it. Well, because literally all you have to do is is the moment. (laughs) Well, it's the moment you realize that you're not hungry and 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 not full. Full is a different thing because if you're full, you've already gone too far. The moment you're not hungry, just stop eating. Right, that's literally all it takes. Well, it's it's simple, but it's not easy. Exactly. That's what I mean. The
0: concept is is very basic. Yeah. Yeah, but actually, execution is
1: is very very hard.
0: (laughs) Very hard. Um. Yeah. And so I was thinking about that. And then, so I've been playing Classic WoW for the past couple of weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's been a very interesting experience for me because back when I played it as a teenager, I realized uh, so I just, I was a, I was a no lifer. Right. That's, that's mm-hmm. the term people use now. It's like, that's actually a verb to no life a video game, which is like, you just, that's literally the only thing you do. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, so back in those days, I no lifed it once I got to college. Um, and it definitely had. A, you know, negative impacts ar- around various aspects of my life. And I was thinking back on like, why did I do that? Mm. Because I really just don't feel like doing that at all now. Right. Um, and, and of course, like I've changed my life circumstances have changed, but I, but I was thinking about it in terms of like, what do you want versus what do you need? And, and I think, you know, like we've talked about like, what do video games actually provide mm. to people in various ways? And as a teenager, you need a lot of things that no, that nobody is giving you. Yeah, like you need validation. You need, you need responsibility. To, you need responsibilities. You need to feel like you matter to other people. You need to feel like, uh, like you have a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you have people who you belong to and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, but you do yeah, you just don't have.
0: Yeah, cuz like you're you're old enough to be thinking about things that an adult thinks about, but you're young enough that nobody gives a shit of what you think, right? <laughs> so Yeah. Or will we'll, we'll let you do anything. Yeah. Nobody and, will and let you fairly do anything. for the most part because cuz you don't know, any, you don't, don't anything. know. Anything. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like this it's this kind of like circular problem where like you've never done anything big because Nobody trusts you to do anything right. big because you've never done anything big. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as you know, as an eighteen-year-old, then I, I was playing this game, and, and I can go into this game, and I can I can lead a five hundred, <laughs> I can lead a five hundred-person uh, guild, and have people like applying to join, and I'm interviewing them, like I'm running a giant company, you know, and that kind of stuff. Um, and I got to do those things because I needed, like, I needed to mm-hmm. have that, and nothing else that I was doing gave me that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now when I play, it's just like this fun, interesting hobby and I don't particularly care what happens in it Yeah, because I don't need those things to happen anymore, you know? Um, I don't know. It's just kind of like it's, – it's an interesting moment to kind of take a step back and take stock of like what are you doing that you actually need to be doing and what things are you doing that you just kind of want, want you know? No, so you're like where do you those need things- to be
1: doing something? Is that sort of, you know, displacement of like the – of some other thing that you need to be doing. Cause cause kind of the interesting consequence of this. And, and you did learn a lot of stuff about like managing people and all that from yeah. that. So it wasn't, it wasn't just completely a loss experience. Right. But it it was is just a shift. It's a shift, but yeah. it also was a loss in, on some dimensions. Right. Or, or at least could have been depending on how things turned out. Yeah. Um, because by, by finding this place where you, you feel like you're serving that need, right. Of all these things that you're trying to get, mm-hmm. you actually push even further away. The real life Yes. Possibility yeah. of actually having that stuff, right? And so it actually becomes a, a trap where you get stuck there because the longer you stay there, the further away you get actually from having that in real life. And, and the actually it's even worse. As you get older and still feel like you're not not achieving things and you're not where you want to be, it actually gets worse because now the expectations – well, the expectations for you're a kid are that you don't. Yeah. So it's fine, right to, right, to have not done anything. But as you start getting older, expectations change so that now it kind of starts to flip it's the other why way. haven't you. Yeah. That's why yeah. haven't you. And now and now the trap gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. I think in
0: my case, it was basically the thing that was keeping me from doing stuff was age. Yeah. So I just had to wait. Like that was that's – that's, that that's what it feels like, but it's yeah. not really true, right? Yeah. Right. But that, that, was the, yeah, that was my perception at the time was like I need to get to the end of college and graduate mm-hmm. uh, before I can get a job and be out like doing my own stuff on my own. And that's just a thing that like has been pre-planned in terms of how long that's going to be taking for me. And so – I just had to hang in there mm-hmm. long enough, um, but yes, it didn't. I mean, it definitely had some some spillover effects. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just yeah. I don't know. You said
2: so the relationship between the calorie counting then and the the refreshed approach to something like wow.
0: I think in classics. both in both cases, it's it's you could be doing the same activity uh, for dramatically different reasons and getting getting different results and different like feelings out of it depending on. Depending on whether you're doing it because you need to be doing it or whether you're doing it because you just want to be doing Mm -hmm. it, you know.
2: A lot of it's about intentionality too, right? Mm -hmm. Like really – yeah, if you you could sit there and choose your your way to in some ways like become more powerful in a sense, right? Um, Certainly you can do that through the avenue of video games, but you could also do that through learning new skills and that sort of thing. Um, Especially like – I mean things were also very different even 15 – how long? 15 years ago, whatever. Yeah. Um, because the reality now, too is like it's there's so many things that are that are available even more so than they used to be. We're like, yes, it used to be the case that basically if you had a library and a community, then you could sort of like cobble together something in terms of learning new skill or hobbies or whatever else. Yeah, but the amount of effort required and, very and high. the barriers to entry were very high. But now if you I mean, Adam was just looking at that plural site uh, website yeah, literally, which all about-
1: every time I've been like this whole weekend, every time I had like an hour of downtime. I would just open up the Plural site course I'm currently working on and mm-hmm. just learn. I would just learn some new stuff,
2: right? And so that's the weird thing about it is like the the reality too is it's very different. We're like actually as a teenager
1: now, I think the circumstances are completely different than even when we were. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. YouTube didn't exist yet. when yeah. I was in college. Like when YouTube was out when I was in college, and so it was yep. bought by Google. Like when I finished college, I think. And so then really.
2: all the tools, even for making games, let alone just other stuff, yep, that didn't exist. Are. So good that like you can you actually can do all these things without. Anybody's permission, which is sort of what you used to need in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, it's yeah. weird too,
1: right? because I think there's this, also this trained, this trained need for permission that people have because because as, when we were raised, because you couldn't you couldn't just go out and learn stuff yourself easily, right? Uh, and so the gatekeeper to everything was education, yeah. right? And so you needed a course, you needed a, you needed a program, you needed you needed all this very clear cut sort of ways of getting to that destination. Um, and 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 a sort of unfortunate side effect of that was that your capability then was 100. percent dependent on the quality of that education or the quality of your instructors, like where you went to school, all this kind of stuff. Uh, And that, that part is still the case. Like if you're, if you're paying to go into a program and you're going to school to do a thing and that's where you learn a thing, then how will you learn it and how good you are Mm -hmm. at it depends on you obviously too. Right. But then also the quality of that course. Uh, And you don't need that anymore though because you can go find the best course in the world you know for right. any given random topic is just on the
0: internet right. it's $8 you to get on to me yeah or, or free on youtube <laughs> it's, it's always 99% yes. off yes yeah but then, but then but I, yeah we're in, I feel like we're in this weird middle ground right now in our uh culture like in our in our society's progression toward understanding like what exactly we have in terms of uh, tools for learning and mm-hmm. stuff because it is the case that that it's not about what you're capable of, it's about uh, the the pieces of paper you've earned, you know, mm-hmm. this is like when you've, if you've gone through a structured system and gotten a degree, um, then that's an easy proxy, you know, for a company to just look at that and be like, okay, you have a master's in blah, like mm-hmm. I know what that process is. And that's like close enough to some amount of preparation for what we need from you that we're going to take that. Right. And of course, like once you've been in the field for a while, then you've got the, that experience uh, on your resume and stuff. And like that gets you there. Um, but it's still the case that, like you said, you could you could hop into a Udemy course and you could just put the time in as a as a 13 year old and learn JavaScript yeah. or whatever you want. And and you could list those skills on your on your resume. Um, but it's likely that I mean, depending on your where you're trying to go in life, uh, people are still gonna want you to have gone through those mm-hmm. structured channels. Yeah. uh channels. So yeah, I don't know. And and also I think I think YouTube is a tricky one because like you can learn anything on YouTube but also the the entire sidebar of youtube which you can't turn off is, is just lies it's just clickbait yeah right it's just like sprinkling yeah, you, all yeah, kinds you can of, also learn terrible things but i I, <laughs> I don't think i don't think it's any less true of school no it's not about yeah. learning it's about distraction well yeah, i'm mean, saying like, I'm think think I'm like both, every yeah. like if you like if you go to school and you're in Teachers there, and then also there were like thirty TVs on the side playing clips of your favorite TV shows the whole time. Well, honestly, right. I think
1: I think an effect that is what
0: happens because you've got your thirty classmates next to you, right?
1: Well, yeah. and you've got all this like interpersonal I intrigue. Know, I mean, but, and, but that, but you that suggests
2: that there's not learning and growth that's happening because you have social experience. No, no, like
1: no, no. no. I'm not. I I would never take it to that extreme at all. I'm just saying because. Yeah, because I'm also not saying you don't learn anything on YouTube because there's a sidebar, yeah, the school right?
0: environment does have its downsides. Yeah,
1: security I'm, security. And, and those also aren't just downsides because there's a whole bunch yeah, of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. so I'm not, broad, implying, right? I'm not implying anything like that. But what I'm saying is when it comes purely towards learning a thing, mm-hmm. right, it does not help you to be thinking about your interpersonal relationships with the people right. that are sitting next to you, right? And in the same way, like if you're looking at a sidebar, it doesn't help you to see how, oh, hey, the earth is actually flat. Like, look, watch my video series. <laughs> <laughs> but, <you> know, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I think... I think it's easy to make an argument for any source of any kind of source of learning. It's going to have these other downsides, right? Um, but the fact is, the availability of it yeah. out, outside of a very expensive and and designed uh, framework uh, is 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 just wild these days. Like you could you yeah, can just go wild. learn anything. You for can free, yes. Yeah, I think the, the
2: hard part is the reality is that is that human brains haven't changed at all, and so mm-hmm. the reality of like counting calories or taking an hour every day to like work on a Plural site course or something mm-hmm. like that. It's still the same, which is – It's always it's about – It's very hard to it's do. It's always that.
0: about short-term sacrifice for yeah, long-term. It's day.
2: always very hard to do if it's right. just you. Yep.
1: You, still gotta, you still have to have sort of mechanisms, even for like the eating thing. When I was doing – when I was doing a good job of this, which I have not been doing now for a few months, and I, I've seen I've, – I've seen the pounds come on as a consequence. Yeah. But for a while, I was doing a really good job. And I would literally – when I would come home and my wife and I would have dinner and uh, – before I even sat, like, I'd sit down with my portion, but I would also always bring with me a piece of Tupperware for like, that was gonna be my leftovers. Right. And It was just already there. And then I would just be eating. We'd be chatting. And then the moment, the moment I was like, this is probably enough. I would just put everything in the Tupperware and put it in the fridge. Right. You're done now. And I was just done now. Yeah. And that's, that's weird because that breaks the ritual of dinner so hard. Right. Where it's like dinners, you sit down and you, you chat, clean your plate, you clean your plate and like all this kind of <laughs> stuff. And, but by doing that, uh, I also then had leftovers for the next day, which then now that portion size was like the accurate more at more because yeah. cause I took a portion size that I used to treat as a portion and just split
0: it in half. Yeah. And that was an appropriate portion. <laughs> <you know? laughs> right. Well, I mean, um, yeah. So, I mean, well, this kind of comes back to that question. Like, what do you actually need? And really, like, really understanding what that means. Because, man, we like Sam and I went to a Mexican restaurant last night. And I got I have this, this app called Lose It, which basically has like a trillion people using it and entering nutritional data for pretty much everything. Mm, yeah. It's so like even if you go to a restaurant and it's actually like it's not part of a chain, and like if you're in a larger city or something, chances are that somebody has gone through and put in nutritional information for every <laughs> menu item. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what do they do? I was
1: like, they go through the menu item and they're just like, Okay, well, this is potatoes and they like look at how much there
0: is yeah. and, and it's just in there. So-,
2: so at the restaurant last night you actually just drop it in. <laughs> Like you could put in, what yeah. You got. So I was like, I was like,
0: here's where I'm at. Here's the thing that I'm That's eating. That's awesome. And it's like, but and of course they aren't listing the calories on the menu. Right? Right. And mm. I looked and like the the one meal that I got was the entire day worth of mm-hmm. of calories that I had allocated. Wow. And of course, like I didn't eat the whole thing. I ate I ate like a, a third of it, and then I was like, I am I feel like I'm gonna explode. <laughs> so I was like I'll get a to go box for this thing. But just the idea that like we've kind of we kind of reached this point of normalizing. That this this like overeating to the point of like feeling sick, mm-hmm. you know, is crazy. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, that's that's where I'm at with that. <laughs> um, and then I think, uh, Adam, you want to maybe talk about the Fallout board game, or do you want to? Uh, I'll just I'm i mean, I'll just briefly mention it. I don't have, I don't have a long story
1: to tell. It's just my my wife and I we were at a board game store, just looking at stuff, and uh, and we saw Fallout as a board game, and both of us fucking love the Fallout series, so we we're like. Okay, yeah, let's give this one a shot. Uh, super well-rated, you know, all that. So we, we this is now a few weeks ago. We brought it home. We started learning it. Hour and a half later, we still don't know how to play it yet. And then we had company coming over. So we're like, okay, we'll just we'll just do this another <laughs> time, you know? So so then – It's a multi-session uh, instruction It's a multi-session. Manual, so then okay. yesterday we got back into it and decided to do it again. So it started at like 2 p.m. or something. And open up instruction manual. It has, it just has an ungodly number of different pieces, you know. Mm. And and it turns out we learned as as we finally figured out how to play the fucking game. A lot of the pieces also do double duty, where they just like are they they can be used as multiple pieces. Like so, coins can be used as markers for like keeping track of quests. Mm. And there's a certain kind of card that used one way, the bottom of it tells you what's going to happen on the board, and then use the other way that's like tells you how you're going to win the game. Mm. Um it's like so so it's not so only there's a lot of pieces there's a lot of pieces it's actually twice and as many as exactly you know. <laughs> it is wild and and so so it's interesting cuz they they captured they captured the gameplay of a Fallout in a pretty impressive way like they tried to they tried to take every component that's in the game right so you've got you know you got your whole like special yep, uh, your stats your stats you know you got perks. you got perks you've got you know caps that you're that you're earning uh you've got companions you got mm-hmm. they like they literally, they try to take everything and then they made it. It's a quest-driven game. So there's this mm-hmm. giant stack of like 150 cards that that collectively make up this enormous branching quest chain. Whoa! And and so you you start with a starting condition. There's like six of them or something, right? Which then defines how the map is going to look. And so the map is partly random and partly defined. Cool. And so uh, and then you go through, and then basically depending on how you complete the quests, and you basically then you sort sort of break a branch because now you throw that card away, and then you do whatever the next one and that choice is going to be and now you like work your way down some branch so that is all this replayability so it was really impressive how they managed to distill that into like distill the complexity in the in the huge world and mm-hmm. and, and the quest driven nature of of a thing like you know the fallout series into a board game context i was i was very impressed wow. but also it was very convoluted <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was yeah so like we were we – were, it still took us Dude. another hour and a half to get back through the instructions again and, like, and really start playing. Mm-hmm. And there were all these times where we're just like, what, what's going to happen here? And we had to go, go – because there's an instruction booklet that's like setting it up. And then another instruction booklet you that's the detailed reference yeah.
0: manual thing. Jeez. And, I would uh, love it to try wild. to make a board game sometime, but I, I'm pretty confident that if I made a board game, it would end up like this <laughs> <right before laughs> It must have taken so long to put this
1: thing together. So I mean the, the amount of design required to pull this off was just – it was just well, crazy. and I know
0: because like uh, prototyping and playtesting a, a board game is so hard, yes, because it's all multiplayer, which yep. means like you need you four, four people, people
1: yep. to all sit down and play it. And so, for something like this, cause this is I think this is probably Oof. one of the most complex in terms of rule sets games that I've played. It was, it was one of the things like once you start playing it, it all and if you know the Fallout series, it all like it kind of makes sense and it, and it comes together actually okay. Um, but just to, just to start playing, just like, I don't think there's ever a game i played that required so much effort to um, to get into it.
0: There's a, for some reason, there's a a lot of like overlap between board game developers and video game developers in terms of like events and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand. I think they have nothing to do with it because board games (laughs) are so much fucking harder to make. (laughs) Like, I don't know why they would sort of like, you know. Why would they be down here in the mud with us? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. They are on to the next fucking level. Yeah, and also they have to phys- like physically print the thing. They have to know about shipping mm-hmm. and manufacturing A lot of logistics. Like, yeah, like the design is harder, the testing is harder, the development's harder, the production, everything is harder. Why are they, Why are we trying to pretend like these are the same?
1: <laughs> thing, you know? well, it's not even about difficulty either. They're just—I don't think they're. I just don't think they're related. I, th- I think there's some things you can. And we I've seen I mean, a lot games.
0: They're yeah, yeah, in I mean, a
1: broad sense. Yeah, and the same with that. Like hopscotch is also a game. You know, <laughs> you know, like, sure is. Uh, yep. Yeah, long I don't know. yeah. <laughs> long darts. Yeah, long darts. Because you see a lot of board games converted into games. You see that constantly, right? Um or and vice versa. But the thing is, vice versa, you don't see you it mean, as much because video games. Yeah, video yeah. games. Because if you take a board game and like, usually what happens when they convert into a video game is it's just a board game now in digital format. They just take it's the entire thing and they and they'll add some cool bells and whistles you otherwise can't have like animated things or whatever. But it's really they just take the game and they transfer it. But going the other way, unless it's a game that is already kind of a board game, you know, um, going the other way is just as hard as like taking a movie and converting it. Yeah. into Well, you game, have to because right?
2: you have to convert basically live action into. Yeah something and else. so everything has to
1: be a metaphor now instead yeah. and, and so, th- so it was just really interesting to see how they because cool. this, the, this is the only time i've played a game like this where it was like where it was really taking one game in it from a from an unrelated media right and then trying and to take it. the strengths and the things that, that something like a board game can actually do and trying to capture everything out of that and then still give you because i like, felt like we were playing fallout like it really did and so we're moving across the board and you know th- things basically like it's still it's turn-based and so things kind of are slowly chasing you over time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's very probability based. They even took you know, the whole VAT system where yeah. you get things. And that's how the dice rolls work. So the dice rolls, like the dice have little VATs icons on them. So you can figure out if you're going to hit something in the arms or the legs mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh. Uh, and so they, they did a really good job of just capturing all of that, but then in a board game format. So I thought it, I thought it was very cool. I'm, I'm still
0: not sold 100% of the game because it was <laughs> so complicated. So you need to like maybe uh, revisit it now that you have a better sense of. Yeah, we need oh. to play it again. I feel like that's true with a lot of board games. though. Like yeah. the first time you play it is kind of oh, bad because yeah, you just, yeah. just like flipping through the manual. The whole time. Well, yeah, the, I think the thing we learned too is
1: that we were trying to kind of prevent it from because it felt like it was going to end really fast. Because there's a, sort of a because the way they set it up, there's a sort of a guaranteed ending point because there's like factions that are warring against each other that at some point one will win. And so we were trying to kind of slow that down so that we could so that so that we could try to win against the factions. You know, so you're playing against each other and sort of these AIs mm. basically. Um but it turned out that we did it was exactly the wrong strategy to take because <laughs> because it turns out the only way to get the things that let you win is to complete quests and those and then the whole winning thing is really all about aligning yourself to one of the factions and trying to help them win. Yeah, right pick out, you guys
0: were kind of like trying to play them. We were trying to like win ourselves. Play the middle, middle, yeah, game.
1: which didn't turn. So, so we learned some stuff, and it, it'll be worth trying again. If you play as yourself, you just always lose. Mm-hmm. That's the moral yes. of that game. You got to be together. Now, one together. one video
0: game that I would love to see in board game form is, is FTL. Yeah. yeah, that would that be, would lend itself. Oh, it would be so good because mm-hmm. like random events with text. Yep. All, I mean, it's all it's ready. To it's go, already there. You know. Yep. Anyways, uh, all right. So, studio news. We got a patch coming out. Level Head. Big Wednesday. It's the. Uh, asteroid tunnels biome. Mm-hmm. So this has been a, a an undertaking. Yeah, making a biome is. I mean, for starters, we we uh, have Eric Hibbler painting the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So we so got to work with him a while and get right his.
2: That's five weeks ago, five or six weeks ago. we yeah. got it. I think we okay.
0: got to get that like iterative process with mm-hmm. a third party contractor, and then and then Fat Bard makes five new tracks music tracks or four music tracks and an ambient track mm-hmm. um so we have that and then sam makes the tile sets mm-hmm. and, then, and then of course my job is to kind of stitch the whole thing and then you together. get weather on top of it gotta have weather on and top of it also make level orbs and then go back and
2: put the level orbs into the background because oh yeah you
0: need new level orbs yeah, too. yeah. so yeah. We, we've been uh we've been kind of like revisiting level our... cards for a mm-hmm. workshop yep. yeah so we've been revisiting our 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 studio processes and stuff like we always do and and kind of like examining like, okay, where are things falling apart? And one of the things we were pointing to this this time around was like we've been kind of not doing a good job of small batch delivery on things. Like we've been making things out to be bigger than they are, right? Mm -hmm. And like trying to do them in one big piece. Um, and then, of course, we have this biome, which which is a big piece. Can it's only th- be done as mm-hmm. one giant thing. Like we can't, we can't just like oh now we have the surface tiles of the asteroid <laughs> yeah, tunnel. No, like nobody great. wants that. Like you need the whole thing. Yeah. And I mean, our, our beta testers are loving it. Our players have been making tons of levels out of this thing already. Um, it's weird. It's a weird alien, it's a fun, spooky thing. place. Yeah, um, and it is—it is, it is uh, loosely based on the cave system from Flop Rocket. Mm-hmm. So, for those of you who are, you know, into that, we have some little references in there, like uh, the music tracks. One of them is called "Secret Space Ducks," mm-hmm. nice. so we got that, and then another music track is called—it's an extremely creepy-sounding one—and it's called "Heroes Lost." Which is it what the nice. scoreboard says at the end of Flop Rocket when it counts up all the people you've killed, <laughs> trying <laughs> to get <laughs> his, his face. space. <laughs> kind of like this weird, like sweeping, dark, ethereal. Yeah, we we track. wanted to buy them that just had a bit more creep factor
2: to it because all the other ones are they tend to be kind of bopping, you know. Yeah, and they're all more bright. Um, and Mega, this one is—I mean, very,
0: that spook stone in there. Yeah, oh, it's man. still very
2: bright and colorful. In fact, it's like very pink and, uh, and orange. But um, but it's got a creepiness to it.
0: It's, it's got yeah fun. it's got like mushrooms and like tendrils yeah and it's just like like brains it's a, it's a place you wouldn't want to be so, yeah. <laughs> I think if easy. you've played
1: uh, subnautica and you've gone into mm. the mushroom underground mm. biome it's like, kind that. like that. it gives you it gives you that vibe where it's just like you come down there and you're like I want to be here, but also I don't. Yep. You
0: know, yes. it's pretty it's and pretty. Gross. but it's, it seems like bad things yeah. live here. Yeah, and then we've also been. Uh, so we we are we're planning out a full roadmap to try to get everything ready for launch, which we're still figuring out when that's going to happen. But we're mm-hmm. working our way toward it um, to make sure we have all of our cross platform stuff done. Because we're also kind of in this weird pinch where like we we need and want to keep delivering uh, content through early access and keep delivering mm-hmm. updates on a, on this bi weekly schedule, which we are still planning. Uh, But also, we have a lot of long-term stuff that's not going to actually affect literally anything for our current Steam players. So, like, we need to get get a mobile mobile version up and running Mm -hmm. and figure out the business model for that thing. Like, all the work that's going to go into that, nobody's going to see that until that gets launched. We need to get stuff
1: like sign-in working for Xbox Live and for Nintendo. Yep.
0: Like, got to figure out how how that's going to work and get all that set up. Do you care about that right now as a Steam player? No, you do not. Mm -hmm. You won't even see it. It's not even going to touch anything. Yep. Um, yeah. So we have this kind of – we're in this weird middle ground now where, where like the content delivery is probably going to feel maybe like it's kind of slowing down a little bit because um, we have to put a bunch of time into these other things. Mm-hmm. But of course it's all leading up to the big reveal when we I fully mean, We still got – we got right. so much stuff. We're still, still it's still going to be weird. tons of stuff. Yeah. So not a big deal. Uh, but that's just kind of where we're at with all that stuff. Um, and then Shenanicon. Coming September twenty eighth. Yeah. That is uh one to five PM here in St. Louis. It's our little fan buddy convention. <laughs> fan, <laughs> fan buddy.
2: Fan buddy.
0: Yeah. We don't just have fans. We have fan buddies. Yep.
2: <laughs> so yeah, that's a it's a four-hour event where we just get to hang out and we'll do a little level head uh, gaming session as well as show off scuffle buddies, which yeah. I know people are getting very excited about. I did about, some so.
0: more I did some more poking around in it this weekend. Uh played it on a fresh save to make sure that it's actually Playable without yeah. you know residual data. It's crazy, man. I <laughs> <laughs> I actually like I because I, I forgot how everything worked, and so I was kind of like relearning all the mm. systems, and I was like exploring and trying to figure out how to do stuff. It's very interesting. Like I can I can see why we. It is an interesting game. <laughs> here's yeah, here's the thing. Like I the reason actually, if I'm thinking back on it, like the reason we we walked away from Scuffle Buddies was because we were looking at it and we were like, this is huge yeah yeah it was too big like every system in this game is like a two-year undertaking mm-hmm. and there's like nine of them i don't have any idea how we're going to actually pull this whole thing together into a cohesive so it's it's weird playing it because there's like a bunch of cool ideas all over the place yep. but none of them are more than like five percent done <laughs> so yeah. so basically yeah so if you come to Shenanite con you'll be able to we're gonna we're gonna a presentation kind of talk like we're gonna show scuffle buddies mm-hmm. talk about what we were thinking and what the ideas and and probably how we're planning on sort of taking advantage of some of those lessons and bringing those concepts forward into new games. Um, And then we'll have a playable there. My assumption is that we'll have either one or two uh, demo machines for scuffle buddies. And then, at people at the con will probably be kind of like rotating through progressing, trying to progress through a particular save mm, mm-hmm. and like catching more buddies and doing weird stuff. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be very interesting. Yeah, it'll be
2: great. So if you haven't got your tickets yet, go to net to grab a ticket. Uh, we've got a few left and we'll be doing, we're starting our, uh, a lot of the big local stuff, too, which is reaching out to universities and some of this other stuff to uh, sell the last of the tickets.
0: So, And, a, and I believe we're going to have some piping hot merch there. Yeah. We're going to have new – the first ever Levelhead t-shirts mm-hmm. will be there. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to get – if you want to don some – don your bod with some soft Don your bod hot. with some soft <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, do that. So yeah, meet.beesgush.net. Let's do it. All right, let's get on to some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. Highest voted question comes from Chelosis. What game studios are you fans of? Mm. I like some of our sort of like sister studios, Mm -hmm. like uh, Supergiant, they're probably, they're more I mean, like, they're more like a really bigger sister. Yeah. They're, more, <laughs> I was like, they're not quite a sister. I think – Like uh, we're like three and they're like 30 <laughs> Yeah, sort of in yeah, I mean, like an age gap. Definitely. Not, not age but, you know. Uh,
2: yeah, I like them. Uh, I like uh, – uh, Kit Fox has always been really fun and they sort of – they're more of a, the sister type where they came up around the same time as us. Um, and they've been doing a ton of interesting things and they're also – they're ones who are doing a uh, Boyfriend Dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're doing uh, – they're bringing – Dwarf Fortress to Steam yeah which I'm very curious to see how that super excited so yeah they they've, and so Tanya from, who who runs the shop over there is fantastic and, and they've just done a, a bunch of really cool work in the industry for last maybe since since we all kind of started doing this thing mm-hmm. so they're cool and then Trinket who's over in Chicago who did uh, Battleship Brigade I just love I just love them.
1: yeah and we got the Rack 7 guys oh yeah who are hilarious they're <laughs> more
0: of a loose coalition of two people yeah <laughs> <laughs> These guys, yeah, so funny. they – every time we talk to them, we're just baff- – they're, they're so weird and hilarious. Yeah, they love. work remotely and they live like three blocks from each other. <laughs> yeah. They're what just, is this? They're just, they're just doing their <laughs> thing. Like, I don't feel like going over there. What? They're so funny. Oh, yeah. my yeah. God. So yeah. Was, so okay.
1: the, yeah. I, I mean there's, there's a whole bunch. I, yeah, I don't want to leave anybody out. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of – Yeah. Uh, we've met so many cool and it. interesting people. Yeah. When it comes to just – to To studios who I find as as good kind of reference points and that sort of thing, there 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 mostly isn't one. But there's the reason for that is because we don't actually know how most shops are run. Yes, you know, we mostly just hang out with these people and just kind of yeah, have a we, good we, time with them. Yeah, but- yeah, we meet them as people and, and we see the stuff that they make and we get excited about that. And but when it comes to actually how things are run, because uh, that's where I like to try to you know, when, when it, for me when it when it comes to like looking up to something, it's like what what can I learn from that, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, most of the, the details of what goes into making a, a game and getting it out and selling it successfully and all that kind of stuff, it's almost entirely hidden in, in yeah. nearly every context. Um, and so there's actually not a lot to look up to because there's just not enough knowledge. Yeah, there, I think right? that's
2: why I, I tend to like the studios who share some stuff. Like yeah. Get Fox has been very good about that. Um, and then even like Spry Fox, I really like. I don't know why there's a lot of Fox. Any it's Fox. No <laughs> SpryFox is, is also yeah. fantastic. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, they they've done a lot of public work as well, showing the stuff like how they put together pieces yeah. and, and how they approach
1: the market. Well, so, it is one of the cases, or one of the things too, is that the more successful a studio is, the less sharing it tends to do. Yeah, um, and and I think there's some some interesting reasons for that. One of them is that uh, you end up having more things you're not allowed to talk yep. about. Is one, one big piece. Uh, another one is that your things start to get more specific because your your tooling and your and your company structure, like everything is evolving at the same time and together. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes less and less likely that the stuff that you're doing is actually just sort of transportable, right? Which doesn't make it – it doesn't make it something you can't learn from. It doesn't make it something that would be interesting. It's that it decreases the incentive, I guess, for the you know, people in the studio it. to share it. Well,
0: I think there's a – this is something we've actually – we've struggled with internally a lot is this, this problem that like as you progress through the stages of – like becoming a business. You know, like you start with just like a few founders, then you start developing your product and you start to figure out how to market it. And like all of these kinds of things are things that a huge number of people struggle with because these are the early stages and also because they are all things that you can just talk about mm-hmm. with, with everybody. And, right? the, and the problems are sort of, they're, they're more, they're just...
1: They're, they're transportable well, yeah they're, they're yeah. the same problem but
0: then then you start to get into these stages where like once you do have a few games out and you're starting to make business deals you can't talk about those deals and once mm-hmm. you start like trying to grow a studio and hire people you can't talk about those kinds of, of things either because they're very personal things to talk mm-hmm. about and you, you know you cannot do that yeah. and so yeah. there, there's there's all these interesting problems that start to appear where like you feel increasingly isolated yeah, yep. as you move up the ladder of like all the things that you have to be doing to grow, um, which is a huge bummer. Yeah, yeah like I mean, it, it, it really is, sucks yeah. that you just can't be open about everything. I yeah, it. It, I feels, yeah, like, it you know. feels
1: like there's less you can learn from other people, and there's less that you can help. There's less ability for you to help other people. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, so like so.
0: this is why like I've had a really good time doing the the streams on Twitch because of course like these are these are like the intro level problems. Yeah, like, just how do you make the dang game right? And and I get a lot of questions from people who are just talking about, like, how to market things or or just, like, opinions about various kinds of games and that kind of stuff. And, like, these are all problems that, that anybody getting started in games will be thinking about. And, and, like, you'll be thinking about all those same problems at every step, you know? Um, and so at least, you know, there's something. There's something I can do. <laughs> right. So, right. But, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. kind of an interesting problem. Yeah, studios become less transparent about a lot of the things they're dealing with yeah. as they go
1: up. Yeah, and there's more risk involved too, right? Because because one of the things with transparency comes uh comes the possibility that you fuck something up while you're being transparent, uh, or that you reveal something that you shouldn't have, mm-hmm. like a security flaw or you know whatever it, right? uh, or just something like personal or a business deal that like there was some piece of it that somebody accidentally said because like because yeah. all these business deals too, it's like they're not exactly under an NDA. It's just it just seems kind of implicit that we shouldn't be talking yep. about it, uh, but it's still really easy just. In discussion, especially if you're talking about like a business deal that was like maybe completed, you know, three months ago, and now you're looking at the consequences of, consequences of it. It's really easy just to talk about it and accidentally say mm-hmm. something. Um, so, so those risks go up, which make you makes you just feel less able to just talk because you also know that just by talking, you're <laughs> increasing the chance that Did you fuck, fuck, that it you fuck up. It reminds me
0: of when people give you advice like never talk to the police. Yeah, exactly, because exactly. they're That's saying right. like nothing you ever say will be. You notice how they say, like, anything you say can and will be used against you. Yeah. And they never say... But also, some stuff you say will be used to help you. Like that, <laughs> right. that never comes out because it. that's not how, how works. that works. That's yeah. not how it works. I'm like, if anybody yeah, that, has ever tweeted, you know, that's not how yeah. that works either. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, yeah, the fear of loss goes goes up as you accumulate stuff, right? Yep. So, yeah. So like, As your successes go, as your business grows, then then you actually enter a more defensive. So you have something to lose. Yeah. You
1: know? at the beginning, we had like, if somebody came after us and they were like, "Hey, we hate what you're doing," or "Hey, we found an exploit for this," or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay. They could have done no damage. <laughs> we had no money. We had nothing could to have lose. Done so. anything, you know? We had no reputation and no money. What, what yeah. could what could they have done? Um, but now – see this for everything we have? Well, OK. Yeah. yeah. But now <laughs> – Use a sandwich. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now that, like, if, if somebody came after our business like yeah. aggressively, um, it would literally destroy our entire future now because – Well, I like, mean importantly too, like we have employees to worry about. Yeah. So there's employees, there's
2: contractors, yep. so there's all this stuff where, you know, it's not just us. And so yeah. you're you you people dependent on what we're doing. More, yeah. You'd be a bit more responsible. I guess. Yep. Yeah.
0: You become more embedded in a larger yeah. ecosystem. So, you know, it's uh, just part of it. Mm-hmm. Next question comes from Giant Muskrat. What advice would you give to a new developer who makes it big and has a substantial windfall of money like Crashlands? What are some common hazards to avoid or assumptions you made that turned out to be false? Mm hmm.
2: Uh, if you haven't been following DevOps procedures, you're probably just going to be underwater for months, the foreseeable future. Yep. Yeah, and you're well. Your only priority game, until you're deep in the tail again. And yeah, your only right. priority should be not necessarily in handling that by staffing up, but handling that by improving all your processes. Yeah, that's really what it should be. Yeah,
1: yeah I think I think that's a, a very easy mistake to make. And, and when I because also that's what you're told to do is that you're told, hey, you made income grow. That's yep. what that's what you do. Uh, and I think that is a huge, huge, huge mistake. Um, so converting yourself from a person who can make a game into a person who can successfully manage employees and and have them uh, yeah, it's a whole make, other, make, it's a whole other thing. And you they're, you, not, in, translatable they're not translatable skills. They're not translatable skills. And so the the more likely outcome of you doing that is that you destroy your business. Yeah. Uh. So don't. Mm-hmm. So don't do that. And um, the other thing is is pay very close attention to the fact that that money is going to stop coming in. Yes. Um, yes, we always operated on that assumption, yeah, and so this mm-hmm. is to make sure do. also you do that. If, that's if, why if you do get that. a windfall. Yeah. Um, remember that what uh, that a windfall, and especially in the indie game space, um, unless you're talking like so, if you're talking Crashlands level, that's different than if you're talking uh like Stardew, Stardew Valley, Valley or, right? Yeah. Like on, on orders of magnitude different. Um, and so, so if you're talking like Crashlands level and say you're trying to support three people like we were mm-hmm. at the time, right? then what what looks like a windfall even from the outside and, and what feels like it even on the inside it's
2: really just a couple of years it's around. a few
1: years like it's, it not actually buy you that much um and so you have to kind of temper that
0: that kind of uh, brings you into like the average salary range for people in your exactly skill yeah. set right mm-hmm. you know, yeah that's your <laughs> so, windfall as a exactly, that's, 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 that's exactly an right and, and
1: if you're very lucky you'll have more than that but still in in, the, in almost any scenario even the really good scenarios you're talking a successful game is going to give you. Um, some number of years of runway, probably a small number of years. Uh, And you need to think in those terms. Because there's an important thing there from like
2: just the general financial advice that you is like, I think probably the best financial advice I've ever gotten, which is the idea of paying yourself first, which is whenever you have a paycheck, you just put, you just always have some percent of it that just goes into
1: a savings.
0: Mm -hmm. Paying yourself first means paying future years, paying future years. So future so you'll look budget. back and be like, thanks. Yeah, yeah it kind of around, means the
1: opposite that? of what it sounds like it means, which is why I don't yeah. like that. <laughs> so, because uh, yeah, it doesn't mean take all the money because... But no, but the idea is like,
2: it's paying paying yourself is, a, is sort of, it's it's the future orientation of you, right? Mm-hmm. And I think when you, if you get a land, landfall or, a, uh, sorry, a windfall or something like that with, a, you know, a game that goes well or just anything, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think the reality is that It'll. It always feels like a lot because it's different than what you just had, yeah, but it's really not. It. Yeah. If you stretch that out, unless it's like a little bit lottery situation, then it. it You can always find the end point where you're like, okay, mm. well, when will the, when would this actually just run out? And if you just do the math on it, it's usually actually much much not, sooner than you thought. That far away. Yeah, yeah. And especially if you enter into the calculus, then like, okay, well, I wanted to scale the business, I wanted to do all this other stuff, I want to make another game that's bigger than this one. Um, yeah, it, it becomes very. uh I don't know. It's not disheartening, but it's there's a there's a re- hard reality there. Yeah, you just gotta pay that attention. You need to, it. to be aware yeah. of.
1: Yeah, you're you're basically you're not going to get retirement money. That is not going right. to happen. Um, you are going to be lucky if you get money that allows you to do the job full time. Yeah, that's that's that that is your real world luckiest best case scenario. Right? Is that is that you can do that and then for mm-hmm. a limited period of time? And the question mm-hmm. is how long is that? And that's how long you are, now are, have. Are you say,
0: you're saying like all at once?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not how long you have to make the next game. Right. Um, and if you do, if you if you're lucky and you play the game right and you're really conservative with how you're spending money, then and this is what, which is what we're trying to do is we're trying to like we're kind of we're trying to keep growing our resources so that we can keep pushing that runway further and further out. And then someday, if you manage to like stay lucky long enough and and work aggressively and 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 practice good business practices long enough, uh, and that you get to keep pushing that out, then someday you get to retire. <laughs> yeah. That's that's actually how that works. It, it doesn't come from a single
0: from a single yeah. uh, event. Yeah, because I, th- I think the the trouble with with assuming that that things will stay constant is, of course, like you know that that products have a life cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so like your game will have its its surge of players uh, around launch. It may grow a little bit and then it tapers off, right? But also, everything else changes too. So yep. store algorithms change. Mm-hmm. The number of games coming out changes. Yep. Uh, maybe a competing storefront launches, and all of a sudden, half of the people from one store go to the other one, and now your sales just dropped in half, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, And actually in the case of of Crashlands, if we had just done what we did at launch, so just like iOS, Android, and Steam, um, if we had just done that, we would actually probably be out of money by now. Yep. Like we would have been – we would be done. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the fact that we also then brought it to – it's on EA Origin. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on the Humble Store. It's, it's on Switch, Switch. It's on, on Switch. Wii Game in China. It's in China. Yep. Um, we put it everywhere that we could. And none of those, I mean, none of those paid out. A individually, a you, you would individually. not call like any,
2: of
1: the yeah. no, not right. any of them wind. No, you would not call any of them But
0: what you do, but is they you all stack
1: them. A, yeah. you we, they all had a positive ROI. Yeah, and then we stacked them mm-hmm. so that the positive ROI was sufficient to also give us a run. Because again, you're not just trying to pay yourself for the time you put in. You're trying to kick out a runway so that you can survive long yeah. enough to put another product into the market. And yeah. and that's the part that it's easy. It's it's easy to focus on if I can just get this game out. I can finally like make some money and pay for this game that I just made, right? When the reality is that has to pay for itself and the yeah, next the one, next thing. Yeah, yeah. right? And not only that, the next Otherwise one. Up until up one you get the next, it has to pay for up until the next successful
0: one, right? Yeah, right. Uh, so so, I guess the easiest response would be to temper your joy, yeah, and uh-huh. plan aggressively. Be stingy. Be stingy.
2: stingy oh, yeah, as I think fuck. you need to be like. I mean, you could you know you could take your take your moment, have your moment in the sun. Go out to a nice dinner. Well, no, but this is this is the uh, like pay
0: yourself first, which is which. Yeah, is, yeah but Put is aside after you've done the put aside the yeah. future money. Yeah, celebrate with what you got yep, left. You right? <laughs> yeah, and, and in terms of
1: when you're what you're making investments, in, if you're making investments in in process and improvements to make things mm-hmm. go faster and better and more reliably, that's the place to like. So get get better software, get better hardware, right? Mm-hmm. Like do do that kind of stuff if you if you have enough money laying around to do that, um, so that. It just becomes more likely that you get your next product out successfully and faster. Yeah, yeah. And so
0: like, so some, some of those kinds of purchases that we have is like we got uh, those arms, ergonomic arms for our monitors, right? Because like we're all Amazing. we're all sitting all day and we're mm-hmm. aging, you know. Yep. Like we need to we need to be careful of our ergonomics. Um, like and just, we we just last week ordered
1: a whole like new processors for most of our machines mm-hmm. because we realized that we had kind of cheaped out on those. We, we cheaped out on those a little bit too much. And if we could if and if we can literally have twice as many cores because almost everything we do is multi threaded, new build times our build times 20. are twice yep. as fast now. And so that's stupid to wait. And, and like and it and it seems small. It's like three minutes now can drop that down to a minute and a half or whatever, right? Uh, but the difference is actually enormous. Yeah, if you do that a couple hundred times a month, yeah, yeah. Or even, even if you do but it, but also you, it impacts you just your your day to day experience, you know?
0: Yeah, but yeah, it's like if you if you need to compile the project fresh like fifteen times in a day, mm-hmm. and it's three minutes per, then that is that is just like. 45 minutes of just like random chunks of time that just yeah. kind of get inserted into the middle of everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. You just have to wait, you know, yeah, which means your whole sucks. day is just blown up. So, yeah, guess, so it's yeah, like, yeah, just invest that. in those things.
1: Yep. And then, and, and then in terms of software and stuff too, it's like, you know, we, when we started, we just used the free versions of everything, you know, and, and there's enough free, really good services out there that you can, you can do that even successfully forever, potentially. Um, But it's important to reevaluate periodically and ask like, what if I paid for the premium version of this? Would it be worth it? What what would I what do I get out of this? Or should I move over to some entirely new services that I never would have considered before because they do cost something, right? And and when it comes to things like you know deployment pipelines and uh, and any anything that is automated, um, uh, a little bit of cost is actually worth a lot. Yeah, in a lot of those cases, um, because yeah, it's it's easy to think that your time they, so your time isn't worth much, right? Especially at the beginning, um, but your loss of time is always worth a lot. Yep. And so it's important to when you're trying to measure like, okay, well, this only takes me 10 minutes, you know, a day or a, or a week or whatever. So I don't feel justified in spending $10 on a service and, and spending like a few days building up this architecture to make this work or whatever. Um but that probably isn't true. You know, like it actually you have, to, you have to take into account what you're losing by not having those 10 minutes
0: every day to do. Whatever it's not just about the time. Nope. It's about how that it's time about, hits the rest of your exactly. time. It's about the law, when so. it hits you and how predictable it is. And yep. um, yeah, so there's a lot. All right. Next question comes from Retro Banana Man NL. In Crashlands, you added ludicrous mode. Did you ever even test it <laughs> if it was possible to beat it? Or did you add it and just hoped it wouldn't be impossible? Definitely the latter well actually no it's the latter ish
1: except we also didn't care if it was possible yep.
0: we didn't so I mean <laughs> I speaking as the as the person who did the implementation <laughs> uh-huh. I did math it out and on paper it was possible <laughs> so, so like there it was is, yes there would be no scenario where you would be like in an unavoidable death situation mm-hmm. and because of the way Crashlands works it's like there's resistance gear you can get there's potions there's all this stuff and so like we had a lot of wiggle room, yeah. where as long as something isn't un, isn't unavoidably one-shotting you, it's beatable, and that's mm-hmm. the rule, <laughs> right? So, right. right. So, the funny so, thing was, so I it think is think it, technically beatable. It only took like a week. Somebody beat it. Somebody, somebody beat, somebody it, beat it, in it like very, a week, very quickly. Yeah.
2: So those, those are the other things we you have to recognize. I mean, your we've players seen are this. way better at your games Yeah, we've than seen you this level now already. Like people are yeah. so good at not just playing it, but in the case of level, it also building stuff. And the things that you think are going to be, like, absolutely
1: impossible for someone. Somebody will do definitely. instantly. Yeah, almost and, instantly.
0: And apparently effortlessly. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. effortlessly. Um, uh uh-huh. Yeah. So, no, you know, that's not really ever a concern. Yeah, well, We I, can I make it it is, an impossible game and somebody's beating. Well, that, that version of the game was not made for everyone. No. Correct. And we literally, I think at the time, I don't know if it's still there, but we just said, like, not recommended. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it literally <laughs> it is not, not recommended, recommended for anyone, we say. Yeah. My favorite so, one is those
2: goofballs who come in and think they're awesome and they're like, yeah, I, like I started my save my first one in ludicrous
0: mode and it was so hard and I want to convert it back. And we're like, why? Why, why did you do, you do this? this? <laughs> why would you do well, this? Well, yeah, and then there's the, – and then the people who want to be able to change difficulty on the fly where they're mm-hmm. like, oh, this one monster is too hard. So I want to make that easier. And, yep. then, and then when I go fight another monster, if that monster's too easy, I want to make it harder. It's like, you're not going to do that. No. Yeah. Nobody encounters a thing and is like, this is the this is not as interesting as I would. I like.
2: have toned my difficulty down when I played The Witcher. That was the only People
0: only that. ever tone difficulty yeah, down. Because you're you know? like, oh. Because you're a person and you take the path of least resistance. <laughs> you get yep. a built in cheat code, yep. you know. So anyways. Alright. Uh last question comes from Angry Muffin. How does localization work for a game? Who translates level head into thirty seven languages? Which is not how many it's in. Right now it's we nine. Have nine. Um, is that
1: nine including English? Yes. Okay. Who does it? So we have eight. Level up? Uh, so we use level up um, which is a very small company um, we like working with small companies when we can because there's a person you can talk to which is very nice set
0: up an algorithm uh,
1: yeah so and so we've had because we, we've talked to a bunch of other companies uh, and we did a lot of we did a lot of pricing stuff we did some we did some test cases where we mm-hmm. um, since sure uh, is fluent in Chinese um, and fluent in reading Chinese, uh, I guess I'm speaking, but mm-hmm. the thing that matters here is the reading part. Um, then we used him to test stuff, right? So he, so we would have something and then we would send it their way and then have them translate it and then ask, sure, like, was this good? And then Sam had some friends, I think a friend who spoke Spanish, mm-hmm. or I guess, reads, again, read yep. Spanish uh, fluently. And we're like, was this good? Uh, and so, we, so we, we got just enough feedback about um, a few test cases from a few companies to get a sense of which one was gonna be yeah. the, the better one. Um and then given pricing and also other stuff too. Um so if you look up localization for games, there are there's a billion there's a billion yeah. services and the the range and quality is enormous. Um, I almost all of it is gonna be a, basically equivalent to Google Translate. That's the problem. And um, they and they, they actually are probably be, they are using Google
0: Translate yes. in a lot of cases.
2: <laughs> that's actually I've seen some some developers um, Recently, who were getting bad, they were very excited because they were able to localize their game into a couple different languages yeah. for launch. And then after launch, their only most of their negative reviews are coming from some of these languages they translate into yeah. because everyone's like, "This is literally Google Translate." Like, so they paid a company, <laughs> right. who they paid they a just company, scammed yeah, them, who and, just
0: Google
1: Translated yeah. it, which is yeah. incredible. So yes, yeah, so this is the, the thing. kind because of, you need to work with somebody who's going to be dependent, and the cost is going to be higher, definitely, right? And so that was the thing that we were doing. If we're going to do this, we have to do this correctly because. If you're gonna if you're gonna go cheap, you might as well just do Google Translate it because the yep. quality is probably gonna be the same. Um, and you can do that for free or mm-hmm. free enough. Um, so so yeah, so we so we actually spent a lot of work uh, trying to find a good company. And and the and the whole point of all this is that you can't evaluate the quality of the yep, work. Unlike unlike if you contract an artist or a sound person you or look whatever. At you, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, you you can tell what's yeah. good or isn't it, you know, but when it comes to a translation, the whole reason you're hiring somebody it was it was either because you could do it but don't have the time. Uh, so like we could have sure do all of our Chinese translations, but that's not his job. And he's got other shit to do, mm-hmm. so we'd rather hire that out. He's got um, one or two things going he's on. He's got one or two things going <laughs> on. Uh, and so so you can't evaluate that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we still have to do – we still worry about this all the time. It's like – it's because yeah, we have – we evaluated, I think, three languages because we knew people who could do it. And then we have uh, five other ones. Yep. Right. That we just have to hope are good. We have to
0: just depend on our players to come to us and be like, this is terrible. Yeah. Well,
1: and, is. and, and, and that's, that's another thing. The nice thing about going to a small company, cause we, we found them through word of mouth through uh, other studios and, and if they do a bad job, it's going to come back on them. Right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. then we won't recommend them to anybody else. And, and, and we can just talk to people there and be like, you guys fucked this up really badly." Yeah. Uh, and, and so they actually have something on the line. And if you go with a really big, a really big thing, um, then they might still have some sort of a guarantee and that can then do that so that, that you still might be able to get a decent translation out of that. Um, but, uh, but you just have to be a little more careful. Yeah. Um, so they'd recommend they're really good. So then how does it, so let's talk about how the words actually get in how there. How it works. Like, uh, yeah, it can go from, so there there are lots of ways to do it and there are a few kinds of sort of define We, we don't do any of the ways that like other people do it. I would um, say the default way. The, the default
0: thing. way is to sort of like, you have a separate strings file. Yeah. So, so the, the kind of like typical way you would integrate it into the game is every piece of text has a tag. There's a so unique identifier, a unique identifier. So, so we might have like, maybe we have a, a description for an item. So it has like a tag, like I desk underscore, which is for item description underscore and like 29. And it's like, that's a description for the item that has the ID number 29. Right. So, uh, so then in game, we would have instead of like just in like in the code where the the text gets drawn, we actually like pull from the tag and grab the, the text that's associated
2: with yeah, it. You basically treat like a little database.
0: It's like a little lookup. Yeah. yeah. Um so, so then you need to integrate every piece of text in your game with this lookup system so that you can then at any point swap out what those tags are pointing to and have them point to the text from some other language. Right. Mm-hmm. So so I would say like the, the baseline way of doing this is then you would take all those tags and all the, the English text or whatever your normal language is and you would put them into a, a CSV or a TSV Wh- whatever file. Whatever format your translators some kind, one, of, some kind of like one big file. You'd send that over to your translators. They would keep the tags but swap out the text, send it back to you and then you would save that file. And mm-hmm. then have your game load that file, and then swap out the text whenever somebody yeah. changes the language. Yeah, that's
1: that's the gist. And so, and then after that, it's all like file formats and automation, and like dealing with the exact. So, yeah. so the website does it the same way. It's and it's all it. It's all done this way. There's just going to be some file that has relationships between some identifier and all the different. Variants. It's done this way because it's very simple. Well, it's a It's yeah. It's really the only way that makes sense. Um, and and and. Then in production, there's all kinds of th- kind of ways that this can actually turn out because uh, some games that have a fuckload of text, especially if they have uh, also have audio, since audio mm-hmm. is very costly, they'll actually make separate executables. Where now, now the mm-hmm. pipeline part is that this, nothing changes on the fly actually, and there aren't there aren't lookups in that same sense where you're like choosing which language and choosing which tag. Uh, it's still tag based, but now every tag just only has one one string that goes with it, and now you just bake it in with a different executable for every language so you'll see that in some cases but it's not that's not super common but you do it's like you'll see this with like downloads and stuff like like in the steam backend stuff you can upload different versions for different languages and all that um, so there's there's that way if you look at like our how we handle it in the game the game i think the game only loads the file for the given language right or is, it, or is it everything all, loaded at the same time
0: it always keeps English yeah and then whatever as language fallback. as a fallback yeah. and then whatever language
1: you have loaded then it pulls that in. right so you only load one thing then yes uh, so then and like the website because we got that translated uh, partially translated a few weeks ago um, and that actually has everything loaded at the same time but it's on a per page basis so like every page because it just downloads shit from the web right so yeah. when you land on a page it goes and downloads all the text re- related to that and just downloads the whole thing which and then that's fun because now you can at the bottom you can just like toggle what language you're on and it'll just change live without having to reload the site. Yeah. yeah. But then there's a cost associated with that which is now you go there to that site and only did you download the website we also downloaded all of the other the languages language that it's packs. translated into even though you don't need them, right? Uh, so there's a lot that has to be considered and the, the thing that sucks the most, honestly, for, for games is fonts. Fonts. Yeah. My God,
2: this one of those like little technical things that you wouldn't, you don't, you think, don't think this is going to be your problem, but it is
0: the problem. Uh, and My and God. like, as as English speakers, we have the the distinct advantage that our alphabet is real simple. Yeah,
1: yeah, like we don't have it's
0: that, short. We don't have accents on on letters, which is
1: true for a lot of alphabets, but we
0: also have the advantage that all of ours are within the ASCII range. Yes, you know, because of course that's just where it may yeah. Um, and so so. Any font you – just about any font you find is going to have all the characters for English. Yep. You're, you're, so, not, you're just not going to have a problem
1: with So that. if you're not planning ahead and you're like, you're like oh, I want to go pick out the fonts for my game, right? So you do yep. that. You find all these fonts that you just fucking love. You design your game around them, like the size of them and what words are going to All like. the spacing. All and, the spacing. And the moment you drop any language, in, you're like, oh, shit, this doesn't support Cyrillic. Either. Right? And it definitely is not going to support Chinese, Japanese, or Korean. That mm-hmm. is definitely not going to happen – and so now – yeah, so, so when it comes to design, you actually have to design from the start. Yeah, uh, well, that's one of the most – one
2: of the more frustrating things from the art side too because you just can't – there just – there aren't a lot of options yeah. when it comes to fonts that are fully translated into – all the
1: different well even, even the fonts would also just so so like so if you know Sam is making a card and he's like he wants to put the word follow on it right so you design mm-hmm. the button around the fact that follow is what's in there right except for now when you translate it, that into Spanish and our Spanish translators we always make fun of because they give us like 10 words back for every word yeah. we do. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> so, I don't know why they're doing this so thing. they have some like long sentence now that means follow a user right, right? Uh, and somehow that has to fit in that same button but of course that wasn't designed for that so you can't tricks. design for that
2: so this is and you can't this right? basically comes down to one of the, the things we been sort of i think growing a bit on studio wise which, which is just the fact that a ui cannot be designed to have everything be blown out at any time whatsoever
0: or any pieces right. of it you be can't have everything eight. infinitely scalable yeah, yeah it just can't it's just like, like there's a range yeah. there's a range there's a viable range where things look good yeah. and at a certain point they look like shit
2: <laughs> so uh-huh. it just gets a little wild so yeah there, there's all these really interesting problems with localization that you don't like the font thing is not one that I would have personally considered. No. I thought it'd be I mean, like, oh, just getting it translated is a problem. And it's like, no. Well, it's-
0: and not only that, but, uh, but it's things like – it's things like in, in the game, we need to know how wide text is so that we can scale it, yeah. right? And so, and so we, have, we have to like load in uh, – especially if you're in uh, – speaking – if you're reading the game in Chinese right now, which will – it will also be true for Japanese and Korean because we need mm-hmm. a completely different font for that than what we have for m- many of the other languages. And if we want to just like measure how wide a, a string is, we have to set the font first, then measure the string, then set the font back to something else. Mm. And it just kind of like adds all these layers of of just very involved just a lot of complexity, tedium with just every single thing that happens. And, and there's even stuff like when you name your level, we have a character limit, right? Because yep. like you don't want levels that are seventy characters long. Except you can still do that because. You can name your level in, say, English, and you can get up to the 32 character max mm. uh, But of course, language. under the hood, your, your level is actually named a series of tags right. yep. And when you look at it in English, it just converts those tags back into words you can read right, right. So we can convert those same words into Spanish. Right. So it actually it's German because the... German has all the long words in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so then you, then you can like make a level, name it in English go change your language to German, go back and and like reload that level name. And now all of a sudden it's 70 or 90 or a (laughs) hundred characters long. And the, and the text gets so tiny. It's like three pixels tall and you can't see it. Well, and and similarly,
1: like now you go go to Chinese, right. And every character is, is a word now. Right. Yeah. So now if we have that 32 character limit, you could write a whole book, you could write (laughs) write a a sentence, you know, like a long sentence in there. Yeah. So, there's a lot you have to like. A, there's a fuckload you have to consider when it comes to yeah. localization, and the problem is, and we we still did a little too much tacking on of, for that in Levelhead because we, we we I mean, and and not because we had another way because we had, didn't have the resources to do it until later anyway. Um, but it's something to consider is that. You, you can't tack it on. But there's, it's, there's a lot. And it goes into every design.
0: Decision yeah, it should, it's,
2: well, it's, it's much easier to just bake it in as you go, as yeah. you're building the game, if you know ahead of time you want to do it, than yep. deciding later.
0: Yeah. Well, it, yeah. If, if you're building an interface that requires text to, like, fit in a button mm, yeah. or in a certain space or whatever, and if you have any plans on local, localization yeah. at all. Yep. Then you have to program everything with, like, with the, with the automatic mind. scaling. Yeah. Mind. yeah, and
1: you also then from a from an art perspective, you have to you have to figure out how you're going to deal with the fact that you can't have the fonts that you want.
0: Mm. No. More more just like deal with that emotion. Emotionally, That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean
1: yeah. I literally mean emotionally, <laughs> but also for your design, right? Because if you're if you have a whole aesthetic that's like really mm. where the font itself is like a core piece of that, um, you have to be aware that that's not going to it's not going it to work. Won't it work. won't work, and you have to figure out how how to make the the system still work and feel good. Yeah. When you have to use – because like – yeah, it's because it, there's a resource problem because when you're loading, say, like a CJK fonts, right? Like each, each of those fonts, you might be downloading 30 megabytes of, mm-hmm. of, of data to do it. Um, and if you want to allow players to choose their own strings in some context, if you're going to let them like freely type in stuff or whatever – and now you're not just limited to the ones that are shown in the game. Yeah. You also have to have everything. Yeah. Uh and so you have to make you have to make all these decisions about what are you going to allow players to do and some of those are actually dependent on what languages you're going to make available. And well, now and when it comes it, to things like moderation and
0: there's legal problems. And there's legal problems. Because yes. every
2: every time we start getting into this stuff I'm like, ah,
0: yeah, I mean, it's it just, cool cuz it, it, it just
2: gets deeper. It opens right? it up, you know, yes, to a worldwide audience. It's yeah. fantastic, but at the same time the the sheer complexity of it is actually enormous. So it's high. my advice is actually to for as long as possible, don't translate your game. Yeah, honestly, uh, if, especially if you're a small team and you're not, and you don't already have cash monies to do something something like this.
1: The only reason we're doing it for levelhead—it's so like, expensive to It is yep. very expensive, yep. and the only reason we're doing it for levelhead is because we we have the resources and we truly believe that this game can do well. Yep. and therefore we strongly believe that the ROI is going to be very So we, we have
0: the resources, right and we have we have the experience from having done it with Crashlands. Yeah, figured out all the ways that that we already have a bunch of tooling wrong, and our tooling is set up such that like. As I'm, as I'm setting things up in the game, they automatically get baked into our translation yeah, pipeline. sure and I put
1: together a pipeline. So fully automated. It fully automates the whole thing.
0: As in like I put stuff in the game and it will automatically go to our database. It will automatically get batched and sent to our translators. They'll translate stuff. They put it back in the system and it automatically gets pulled down and packaged and put back mm-hmm. into the game. Mm-hmm. And I never have to send a file to anybody or do anything. Yep.
1: So for us, it's basically – after the initial work of building the tooling, now it's purely just a financial cost. Like yep. that, That's what's yep. left now. And it's not cheap at all, especially because every language you add, you have to remember every language you add. You have to now keep up with. You have to now keep up with it, but also just adds that cost, right? So when you – because our, our translations, when we, when we look at them, we're always like, oh, this isn't expensive at all. And then you multiply it by eight. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know? yeah. Fuck. It's, <laughs> like, 11, <laughs> it's like 11 cents a word, no problem. Oh, shit. 88 cents a word. Yeah. That's it, a lot. It's yep. a lot. It's a lot. It goes up really with fast. a thousand words. Yep. Oh People shit! Are like, how come there's
2: <laughs> how come there's not so much story in Levelhead? Well, I mean, yeah, because we wanted we're to planning for it.
1: a worldwide audience. It's,
0: it's the same reason why we haven't translated Crashlands into other languages. It does give me Chinese. the fear of because like we want to we want to hit when we want to hit like 27 languages or something with Levelhead like some. We had a lot.
2: We got all the big. No, we well, the no, that ones. was dependent
0: on one of the of our potential business. That's true. Deals. That's true. But we still we still want to definitely we want to hit. So the ones CJK, that,
1: yeah. So we have Chinese, but we're missing Japanese and Korean. So yeah. there's the two left that we know we're gonna do. Yeah, um, we, so, we want to hit like all the big
0: markets. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but you know, thinking, well, one of those things too is like is like we we also want to like I would love to be able to support as many languages as possible because I want the game to be accessible. Yeah. I want everybody in the world to get to play it. Uh, and it is that, it is that accessibility problem that if you're, if somebody can't read the shit in your game, they Mm -hmm. literally can't play it in almost any circumstance unless your game just is, is visual enough that you can, uh, that you can move away from needing any text to do anything. Um, and we, and we try to do that quite a bit with Levelhead, And so I think it's probably going to be still largely playable without, Mm -hmm. without knowing how to, without not being able to read the text. Um, but even still, There'll be confusing points. Yeah. And it, and, it, <laughs> and, it, and it sucks because there's like, there's like these up and coming uh, uh, markets like, uh, India, like India, mm-hmm. although there's a lot of English there. So that's not as bad, but mm-hmm. then like, but like Vietnam or Thailand yeah. are, are both like up and coming and it would be awesome to be able to support those languages. Um, but the question is like, cause we actually unfortunately have to make that judgment about the ROI yep. on it. Uh, well, it would be awesome. But like if we end up with like a few hundred users and that's it, then it
0: doesn't make any sense. It's, Um, Well, this also has me – like I'm fearful for things like Crashlands 2. Yeah. Yeah, If we want to make it quest-driven. If if we want to – if because, I mean, the original Crashlands now has like 80,000 words of of text or something like that. So, of course, uh, if if we are translating, let's say, into 10 languages and it's 11 cents a word, Mm -hmm. you know – that's – It's going to be very expensive. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a real punch to the gut. Well, yeah, we were <laughs> – we
1: at, uh, at PAX Dev, we were, we were talking to um, some people from bigger studios and we were asking like, how does this – how does the translation process mm-hmm. work with where you're at? And they're like, oh, yeah, we, they have to do – they have to lock because there's, there's that idea of string lock, right, or whatever they call it. But this idea of at some point you have to say, OK, we're the, done The, the people are writing the words, right, yeah. the, which is almost always in English have to stop doing that because now everything has to be translated. The moment you change a word now or change how you want a story to behave. Now that has to be retranslated. And so the cost becomes really high all of a sudden. And so, so there's that, there's a phase where you just lock it. And after that, no matter what's in there, but it just is what it is and, and translation starts. But that has to happen, but that has to happen before if you're doing voiceovers. Yep. That has to happen before the voiceover work starts. And the voiceover work is even worse and even more expensive by like some giant order of magnitude, mm-hmm. right? This makes my DevOps soul just. Oh, like, it hurts, right? Well, because the thing is you can't cringe. small you can't, you can't small batch this shit. Because yeah. we're and we're actually we're taking advantage of the fact that Levelhead doesn't have that much text, that we yeah. don't have voiceovers and all this kind of right. stuff, uh, so that we can actually we can actually throw some money away in the mm-hmm. sense that we're translating stuff that ends up getting changed because we're doing and a then small we batch, and then we retranslate yeah. it. And so, and because the the game has so little text, then we can get away with that. And because we're not supporting thirty like languages, that, right, we can get away with that for now. Um, but it is that kind of thing that the bigger your project gets, um, the worse the localization problem becomes and the harder it is to manage and the more expensive it is and the less robust it becomes so that you actually can't even apply good DevOps principles. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't have it integrated into your, your normal development. Cause I like, think about that idea that you have to like, you have to lock all your strings at some point, then do that next phase, which means that you've made all your development decisions based around what's in there in English. Right. And then presumably made some accommodations for what might happen when it gets translated.
0: Dude, the idea of doing voiceover work on top of all this, it just, Oh my is- God. I can't even imagine no. orchestrating the number of yeah. the number of people yeah. and the number of contracts. Oh my God! Well, that's why
2: these AAA productions are they're huge. They're yeah. genuine productions, right? Where it's just like yep.
1: there's so many people involved. Oh in yeah, it. there's a reason why. the same thing with with uh, it's the same idea as like when you're looking at the movie credits, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, and in oh, case, yeah. or in this case, the video game the credits. credits right? It's like say. hey, it just goes on the whole forever. population of the earth. Yeah, there's literally a thousand people <laughs> yeah. there because it, it takes it takes that much effort to pull off something like that. Um, yeah, so we would never – at least – I don't conceive of a future where we're doing voiceovers that are localized. Nope. i barely see banjo a future. voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I <laughs> barely see a future where we are uh, – where we're localizing large stories yeah. um, into a lot of languages. And I think honestly having done this now in a really robust way where we have like full translations in a lot of languages and want to add more languages to level head uh, – it's hard for me to imagine if we were to do a Crashlands two, mm-hmm. it actually being as quest driven as Crashlands it, one was. If we want it to be worldwide, it would have to not be. It would actually have to not be because yeah. we wouldn't be able to afford it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it <would laughs> yeah. Unless have the payoff is you know. Unless the payoff is really big, but so we can't have. know that until we we'll release well, it. Well, it, especially like, because but you're but investing up front, which means today. it actually doesn't matter about its payoff. It matters about level heads payoff as to whether or not we're going to afford to make. Crashlands 2 be a quest driven game that's fully localized. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, level head. Better get to work. <laughs> Better get to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so, so that's for everybody listening, if you here. want Crashlands yeah. 2, when you asked that
2: question at the 58 minute mark, yeah, I was like, like <laughs> why have you done
0: <laughs> Why did you wrap this up? This is not a small uh, question. I we at all. might be able to, to get to some. That's other. the
2: problem with localization, man. You think it's just. You it <laughs> think it's just gets a deep two minute It'll just take two
0: minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It takes 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, I'm glad
1: we're doing it. I'm really glad we're doing it, but. Man, it is a nightmare. It's a big, it's a big undertaking. Yep,
0: yep. So, All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Scotch community, go to podcast.bscotch.net or just go to meet.bscotch.net. Buy your ShanaCon tickets. Come meet us in person. Yeah. That's maximum community involvement right there. Yep. All right. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.